Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Hello, welcome back to my weekly Friday Five podcast, bringing you some news and views from the wonderful world of Lizelle Wellbeing. And today I am following on from the brilliant expose of the latest HRT scandal to be rocking the menopause world, that of the apparent complete lack of efficacy of the estrogen gel called Estradose which is being prescribed across the nation as a cheaper European parallel import product when compared to the ever so slightly more expensive Estragel. Yeah, Estradose versus Estragel. Do take a listen to last week's Friday Five on all this and more if you missed it with the fabulous menopause specialist, Dr. Zoe Hodson. And at the end of her interview here last week, Zoe dropped the T word into our conversation as a parting shot when talking about inadequate healthcare for women. What am I talking about? Well, I am talking testosterone, a vitally important hormone for all women as well as men. And staggeringly, women start to lose their testosterone supplies from as early on as in their 30s. So to find out more why it matters and discuss precisely why it's such a healthcare issue for women and what we can do about it more importantly, I invited Dr. Zoe Hodson back here to talk some more. So Zoe, a very warm welcome back here. We had an amazing response to the Friday Five last week when we talked about HRT and the Estradose, Estragel scandal, which I know is ongoing, isn't it? So perhaps we should just do a quick little update on that. You put some amazing pictures on your Instagram recently. Yes, I just wanted to, um, because I didn't want another layer of confusion, a lovely lady sent me um, a bottle that looked very similar to the UK version, but slightly different. And I thought, no, 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 please. Um, so I've checked with Bezins and it's actually their new packaging. Um, so right, so the new pack. Yes. <laughs> and I've had lots of questions actually on my social media from people who've listened to that podcast. This is just talking about the gel in the pump, isn't it? The estrogel yes. versus estradose. Yes. Because you can get estrogen gel in a sachet. Is that the Sandrina? Yes, and there isn't the same issue with that. I've had a, a few ladies ask about that as well. So is the gel in the sachet the same as the gel in the pump? It's, it's, yes, it's still, it's still an estradiol gel. Um, I think the difference, I think the reason that a lot of women prefer the, well, it, it, it seems to be, um, it's the problem with the, well, it's not a problem, um, with Sandrina, it's little sachets where right. gel is in a pump pack. So I think it's it's whichever you prefer to use, but the Sandrina mm. doesn't have the parallel import. So that, I guess, could be an option, couldn't it, if you are getting lots of 
pushback from a pharmacist or your GP is you could ask to be prescribed the sachets. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and that might be. And so the estradiol is the same inside, whether it's the gel pump or the gel sachet. We find often that women absorb slightly differently from one to the other. So you you might need to change your dose ever so slightly. Um, the mm-hmm. conversion guide between Sandrina and estradiol on the menopausedoctor.co.uk website. So a really useful conversion guide from going from gel to patches, et cetera. Um, oh, very interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. definitely take a look at that because they, they do all vary. And of course, our absorption levels vary as well. But the Sandrina in the sachets could be a useful option, particularly now that, hurrah, we're going to be able to travel again soon. So that that might be a nice option too. Yes. Yeah. So I think, and then again, of course, you've got the patches and the Lenzetto as well. So there are of course, lots yeah. of options. I, I, I personally tried the Lenzetto spray. I didn't find, found that I absorbed that as well, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is different. And I think this is, again, it's part of, we always sort of say this is very much a journey and very often you have to try a few different preparations and see which one suits you the best and then which one you absorb. So it, it isn't one size fits all by any means. Um, some mm. women that really get on well with Lanzetto, some much prefer the patches. It really is um, an offer yeah. to try the different ones before settling on your favourite. And of course, the nice guidelines on menopause do very clearly state that women should be offered a choice. Yes. So that, that is a discussion that women should be able to have confidently with their GP discussing the different options and not have to settle for the first thing out of the box. And I think another thing to point out here in the guidelines is that it is actually that the HRT level is adequate to control symptoms. So I know there was an email a couple of years ago that said the lowest dose for the shortest time, which we know is completely inaccurate. And menopause societies around the world have have said that it is inaccurate. Unfortunately, the MHRA didn't send a follow-up email, but it's actually the lowest dose to control symptoms, which is really important because I think, again, there is huge confusion out there. That's very interesting because some people may need a very high dose to control symptoms and that is their lowest dose, but it may be a lot higher than than their next door neighbour, for example. Absolutely. And again, this is, I mean, we, we very often will run an estradiol level to see, check the absorption, make sure you're in the right range for bone and heart protection and check that you're within normal physiological range. But again, huge confusion out there. Well, let's turn our attention now to another area of huge confusion. When we chatted last week, you left us with the T word hanging in the air, which is why we've come back today, really. Testosterone. Now, why is something that's so perceived as a male hormone such an important part of a menopause conversation? This is, I mean, I've brought our, our extra large soap boxes along today. Um, <laughs> totally good. <laughs> so I think if you take menopause care as needing so much attention and multiply it by 100, you then reach testosterone. So every which way you turn, um, again, now I've, I've already said that in my 10 years of training, I had two hours of teaching on menopause care. I never, ever, ever, ever heard the word testosterone mentioned in conjunction with female health. Wow. And why does it need to be? I mean, surely we think of it as, as, a, as a men's issue, a men's hormone. No, it's our hormone. So we actually produce three times as much testosterone as estrogen from the ovaries. So we're not, we're not asking for something that isn't ours. We're reclaiming our hormone. It is our hormone. 
That is astonishing. I wonder how many people are actually aware of that. I'm sure that, you know, some people have sort of just literally been stopped in their tracks by that. Women produce three times more testosterone in our own ovaries than we do estrogen. So you could say that it's it's it is a principal hormone for us and, and of fundamental importance to replace. Absolutely. And it starts to decline often in our thirties. Um and that, so this Gosh. I know, and especially Again, for women, younger women who have premature ovarian insufficiency or surgical menopause or menopause through um, treatment for cancers, then they're, they're, they would naturally run higher levels, younger women. So it's even more important for them to be aware of this. I remember coming across a comment from somebody, I think it was on social media, to say that she'd been passed from her GP onto a consultant, endocrinologist, because the GP wasn't confident enough in discussing any kind of hormone replacement. And I can imagine if that GP had the same medical training as you and there was zero discussion of testosterone. But the consultant endocrinologist, and this is somebody who is a specialist, allegedly in hormones, um, wasn't aware that women were producing testosterone either. I mean, that just seems to be the most extraordinary situation. I don't know whether that that can be true. It, and again, this this has to go right back to medical school. You you, you had that all healthcare professionals should be taught about this because you see comments over and over again when women raise this with their either their GPs or their consultants. And this is why it infuriates me so much. Women are just being dismissed time and time and time again. They actually have no more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, we know more uh, it's in, in certain areas about certain things. And it just seems to be the most extraordinary thing that we are sitting here in 2021 with all the information and all the knowledge that we have about the way our natural hormones work. And women are being so let down and so so put to the bottom of the pile on this you know that these are our natural hormones i loved what you said in that little introduction about testosterone that we are reclaiming our right to our own hormones we are wanting our own hormones back please replace them we've lost them we're you know very happy to go to a doctor and talk about replacing thyroxine if we have a thyroid issue or insulin if we're diabetic you know, what is the issue? Why is there this resistance, do you think? Do you think it is just lack of knowledge or is there some concern? Are there any health or safety trials? You know, we've seen all the skewed data, obviously, on estrogen, linking it um, wrongly to, to, to higher, much higher levels of breast cancer. Is, is there a similar sort of risk attached to testosterone, which is one of the hurdles here? No, I think it is just lack of knowledge. There is, um, there's, there's plenty of safety data about it. And I think it's I spend a lot of time talking to women about this, that we're not adding it in. We're just bringing them back into normal female range. I love that. We're not adding it. We're just bringing it back into normal, normal range, normal balance. So let's take a step back here. What does testosterone do for women? Well, this is another frustration. It's a real pet hate of mine. So the guidelines indicate that a trial of testosterone, nice guidelines that have been around for six years now, it's in there and it indicates that a trial of testosterone can be considered for loss of libido if HRT is optimized. And libido is a whole other topic that, again, we need to reclaim. Very important, but the things that really interest me about testosterone and why it's my, I would say, my favorite hormone is it helps with things like brain fog, with word finding, with memory, with energy, with strength. Just 
it helps that confidence in your mood again. And it just I had a lovely lady the other day that said, I can see myself again. That's amazing. That is amazing. I have to say, just I'm very happy to share my own personal journey here um, because I started, I guess, on the sort of classic HRT route with the replacing my lost estrogen with the gel uh, and the Utrogestan, the, the body identical micronized progesterone, you know, both on the NHS from my GP. And then it was after, I suppose I was on that for about six months or so, and it had all settled down really well. And I was actually recording a podcast with Dr. Louise Newson, aka Menopause Doctor and founder of the Menopause Charity, which we'll, we'll talk about, um, you know, towards the end of this. And I was just sort of slightly fumbling for my words. I was, you know, I, I knew what I wanted to say, but I just couldn't get it out there. And I couldn't remember the name of something that I wanted to talk to her about. And afterwards she said, Liz, she said, you know, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I think um, maybe you could use a bit of testosterone. You know, now that your estrogen and your progesterone have, have balanced and settled and you're doing really well on that, you know, why don't you have a chat uh, with your doctor about that? And I was fortunate. I mean, I did have to get it privately on a private prescription, but I did start to take it. And I did very quickly see a difference in mental clarity I just things became crisper my, my my thought process and there's a lot going on in the brain at the moment as, as there are you know as there is with so many of us but I, I do find that my memory is much sharper and what an asset for, for business for example I mean for you know everyday life as well but for working women especially it's just a, a fundamental isn't it surely well this was very similar I mean mine was I actually had to ha take time off work and it was it was really frightening. Um, my, the the physical weakness and also I couldn't remember the names for things like blood pressure medications that I'd been prescribing for twenty years. Gosh, that's terrifying for a doctor. It was it was it was really terrifying. And again, it took me a little longer. So very often it can take three to four months before you start to feel the benefits. But to just, and I just, I realized um, that I, I sort of ran up the stairs one day and I realized that I'd been sighing at the bottom of the stairs for quite some time. Well, you know, it, I, I guess it's no coincidence. I, I started upping the amount of exercise that I do. And I, I used to really hate running. And um, I remember talking to a friend of mine saying, oh, come on, let's go out for a run. And I said, I tell you what, I do not run. You know, my view of running is <laughs> if you have to run, then you should have left earlier. So you know, it was not it was not something that was ever on the cards for me. And now I run. I run, you know, two or three times a week. I do a little bit of, you know, weightlifting. I'm doing my 50 push-ups and all of that. And I'm convinced that the adding testosterone in has just given me that extra vavum, if you like. And I just hadn't realized until today, Zoe, that women in their as early as their 30s are starting to lose it. That's a, a really shocking thing. And what a disadvantage if women aren't made aware of that. I, I Yeah, as I say, it's an incredibly under-resourced um, hormone and the, the awareness just, and women are doing, I mean, you know, I started sort of talking about this on my Instagram account a couple of weeks ago, and I have to say how incredible um, women are really rising to this because I think there's this realisation that we shouldn't be having to access this through private care, no. and be laughed at if we suggest it to our GPs, that it is it's time now. It's, as you said, it's 2021. Mm. We should be able to have our own hormone if we need it. 
So with that in mind, if we want to have conversations with our GP to access it on the NHS, clearly we can because it's in the NHS NICE guidelines for menopause, but only for libido. So in order to get it, are we going to have to go and tell our GPs that you know our love life is in desperate need of some testosterone? Is that the only way or are GPs able to prescribe it for you know brain fog or you know general lack of energy? No, this is it. This, the situation is absolutely diabolical at the moment. So we started looking into this. And at the moment, um, I think there are probably about six, seven areas of the UK. And there is something called a CCG formulary in each area. Now, that's your clinical commissioning group in each area. They hold the decision making for the prescriptions in each area. So they will there's a formulary that's available online and if you go to your area and search testosterone the vast majority of the time it it doesn't appear there connected to women in any way so gps are encouraged to stick to the formulary to prescribe so even even if your gp is really supportive and really on board they will go to the formulary to, to see whether they can support you and a lot of the time it won't be on there and that puts them in a really uncomfortable position. So there's a huge job to try and change all of this. So wh- why would it be that some formularies in the UK are, are listing it and some aren't? Surely in the UK, we're all under the MHRA governance and it either is on the list or it isn't. Wh- why would it be on in some places and then literally you travel a few miles over the border to another county and it's not there? Because this is, this is where the budget has been localised. So it's the local panel that decide, and we know that purse strings are tight, I accept that, but it will be the local panel that will decide. And if it is... So this is where the issue comes from. It's in. I had a, a return email this week that said, well, this has never been raised before, so it hasn't been taken to panel. So we have women that aren't aware of the benefits of testosterone, healthcare professionals that aren't aware of the benefits of testosterone. It never gets taken to panel in the first place. So it's, it's one of those areas that isn't even known about to be discussed on the panel. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-N. L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. Now you talk about budgets. Is it a very expensive hormone then? No. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so that, that, there's no real reason why it shouldn't be prescribed if women are going to be of benefit. Now, the problem, this, right, I'm going to keep saying problem because there are many problems with this. So at the moment mm. in the UK, any testosterone for women is prescribed off license. And that is, so with a lot of the CCGs that I've emailed, they will push that back as a reason for not prescribing. Many, many medications. Are- they, they, they can prescribe it for libido though, can't they? They, you, again, so the CCGs are saying that because it's an off-license preparation, the GPs won't want to hold responsibility for this. GPs prescribe lots of off-license medication. They're Mm. capable of doing so. So 
That's going to be the second round of emails to point that out. There are clear GMC guidance on prescribing off license if a licensed product isn't available. So that's not an argument as far as I can see. Yeah. And of course, you talk about license in Western Australia. Testosterone is licensed for women. There's the product called Androfem, which comes in in a very appropriately coloured pink tube so that we know it's for women. (laughs) And that's that's. A, I was going to say there is a little bit of good news here. So the um, Michael who um, owns Androfem or the company that for Androfem has he's trying to get it licensed in the UK and is in the first round of discussion with the MHRA. So there is that's amazing. A little yeah. positive on the horizon. Because it's incredibly easy for men to get testosterone. I mean, it's it's a very safe hormone, isn't it? If anybody's listening to this thinking, well, what about the risks if I start, you know, applying a, a bit of testosterone because it comes in a gel, doesn't it? You know, am mm-hmm. I going to start growing a beard and having a hairy chest and a deep voice? What's what, what's the downside to testosterone for women? Well, I think if you put it into context um, with, say, for example, the, the tester gel sachets, a woman would use a tenth of a sachet. So we're we're talking teeny, teeny, tiny doses because our our normal range is is much smaller, is lower than that of a man. Mm -hmm. The the, the only potential persistent side effects, and these are incredibly rare, we don't ask women to check out for them, are a deepening of the voice and an enlarged clitoris. And quite frankly, I would have those to get my brain back. Yes, and there could be an upside potentially to um, to one of those side effects, but let's not go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, I mean, I, I have to say, um, I and many women I know using testosterone have got on with it very well and have only ever reported good things, you know, muscle strength, um, more energy, more mental clarity, better memory. Um so if we want to talk to our doctor about this, is this something, is it a conversation that's even worth having and, and how would we go about it? I think, um, I always think that it's, it's again, if you, you accept that you're putting your GP, you're often putting your GP really far out of their comfort zone. Acknowledge that. Just say, I, I understand that there isn't mandatory training for menopause at medical school or on the GP curriculum, whole other topic. Um, and you may not come have come across this topic before. So I have, um, I've got some resources and I would really like to try testosterone. I just wondered if you would have time to go away and have a read about it if it is something that you haven't come across before. So we've got things like there are leaflets on the Menopause Doctor website. There are the British Menopause Society online guidelines under is, is under tools for clinicians and i've checked with mr nick panay who wrote those and they are intended for use by primary care so gps as well as secondary care so there are full guidelines on there There's, there are the papers underneath that link to the safety data so i think just dip the toe in the water and if one gp in your practice dismisses you then try a different gp in your practice and of course, it is just so important, isn't it, to start spreading this word. I, you know, I hope this podcast gets widely shared and that and discussed by women, because until we start having these these conversations, I know on your social media you've also been encouraging women to write to their CCGs. Is this right? Yes. Yeah, so we're we're at the moment. Um, so Diane Dansbrink on her menopausesupport.co.uk website. Um, there's a lovely lady called Esther who wrote us a wonderful email 
Um, it's under the templates on there. And you can send that, you can search your CCG online. It usually has your local area. So for example, ours would be Greater Manchester CCG prescribing formulary. Generally, dig down, find a, a contact email, and then you can send this email to them. And what I've asked is if we do get replies, if they could be sent to me on my Instagram site, so the Manchester Menopause Hive, and I'm starting to, I've just got a little map, it's going to be a bigger map this weekend, um, starting to collect the data to see where we're getting change. And women have already been amazing with this. I've had several replies this weekend. So we've got Bath. Um, Somerset, Wiltshire, Worcestershire, Bristol, East Sussex, um, Staffordshire. We've got lots of areas covered. Could really do with some more push on Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. Um, but, but there are 144 CCGs. When, when you say these areas are covered, do you mean that they've been covered with the request or they've been covered with access to testosterone? So they have either said that it is available, and, and this is... Um, now, in the vast majority of areas, all I'm hoping for to begin with is that it's listed and it will very often be, can be continued by a GP if started in a specialist clinic. Once we've got that consistently, once GP education has improved and GPs are, are used to prescribing it, then would be the push for them to initiate it because there is absolutely no reason they are very capable of doing this. So those areas are where it's either already on the formulary or they have agreed to take it to panel to discuss it. Mm. And lastly, Zoe, what would you like to say to any of the medical professionals who might be listening? And I'm thinking here about GPs, people working in hospitals, practice nurses, prescribing nurses. You know, what would you what would you like to get across as one specialist medic to another talking about the health benefits of testosterone for women and why we should have access to it? I think it's it's just be really just read around it. You have to do 50 hours worth of appraisal. It's a really interesting topic. There are plenty of resources out there now to read around it and just get your menopause glasses on. All of these women I see so many women who are under chronic fatigue clinics are diagnosed with fibromyalgia, are diagnosed with depression and it's testosterone deficiency. That is just extraordinary. Zoe, it's amazing to have you here. I, I wish we could continue this discussion, but please do come back and let's have a review and an update. Brilliant. And could you just quickly remind us of where we need to go to to find those resources and to get going perhaps with our um, with our emailing this weekend to so, get onto our soapboxes? So it's already available on the menopausesupport.co.uk site. And then the Mena Charity, Menopause Charity, is going to be launched in a couple of weeks. And this is going to be one of their first campaigns amazing of course we've got the documentary as well haven't we on the 12th of may which is very yes the wonderful Davina's documentary Davina and Kate Muir fantastic so looking forward to that I wonder if that will include testosterone as part of that documentary I hope so Mm, I hope so too. Well, thank you very much, Zoe. I do hope that you'll come back and I do hope that we'll be able to report some good news. But in the meantime, it's definitely something we should all be investigating. Thank you for your time. Take care.
Well, wasn't that just riveting? I love how we're able to tap into such great expertise here on this podcast, particularly when it comes to helping midlife women navigate through the maze of multiple healthcare topics that just seem to affect our second half of life and living well. Do look at the resources that Zoe mentions. Let me know how you get on. As Zoe mentioned, her Instagram is the best form of contact for her. She is the Manchester Menopause Hive, as in beehive. It's a really good and useful account to follow if you're into all of this. And you can also leave me a comment on my personal Instagram. That is Lizelle Me. Now, I don't do direct messaging because I just get overloaded, but you are very welcome to leave me a comment under any of my recent Instagram posts, and I will pick that up there. You can also contact me by leaving a reply on my Twitter feed. And again, you will find me over there as Lizelle Me. Well, thanks to all those who have left comments and reviews for this podcast over on iTunes, by the way. We now, I've just checked, we've now got over a thousand five-star ratings, which really is a cause for celebration. So thank you so much for clicking the five-star rating button at the end of the episode. Do please do it if you haven't already, because the higher the star rating, the further up the displays Apple push us. And that means that we can reach the ears of even more women and their healthcare providers. So it really does help the sisterhood. Well, I've just hopped onto iTunes and I spotted this comment actually just now from Clara Pants, who writes following on from last week's conversation. She says, found this podcast so informative, went to check my gels, but my box of gels says estradiol. I have no idea if this is estradiol or not. I would love to find out if anyone can help. Well, Clara Pants, I hope you're listening to this and I hope that you heard Dr. Zoe confirm that it's just the pump packs of gel that are potentially affected with estradose being over-labeled with estradiol. So if you're using sachets, perhaps out of a box, then you are not affected by this. But do take a look at Dr. Zoe's Instagram feed if you're able to, because she has kindly posted some photographs of the pump packs, including that new pack design, just so that we can be absolutely crystal clear. Struth, I mean, simply reclaiming our natural hormones for our own health and well-being preservation. Well, it really does seem like rolling an extremely large and heavy stone up a very steep hill sometimes, doesn't it? Well, most of the time, if I'm truly honest. Anyway, onwards and upwards, let's focus on the positive in life. And thank heavens we have resources at hand now here to help us move forward. And in other news this week, I really enjoyed an absolutely fascinating discussion over on my Instagram and Facebook live platforms with the award-winning pharmacist and co-founder of a British company called Ingenious Beauty. Now, they make a collagen supplement for skin and joints that actually works. Yes, it does. It's had independent clinical trials. And Papinda here joined me to take a deep dive into the world of collagen supplements and explained precisely how and why some do and some don't actually work. Do take a listen or a watch. You will find this discussion loaded up now on the Lizard Wellbeing YouTube channel. But essentially, if I can pray see the data here... It seems that there are two types of collagen. 
that we can take in supplements. They're both animal sources. There is no such thing as a vegan collagen because it's an animal protein. It's either bovine from cows or marine from fish. So you get bovine collagen and you get marine collagen. And the key to the way it works is to check the size or the molecular weight of the collagen and the smaller the better. And this is measured in Dalton's or Dalton weight. And you need to be looking at around 2000 Daltons as the ideal weight for the body to be able to use the collagen. But more importantly, collagen supplements are absorbed into the body via the small intestine. And to reach the small intestine, a supplement has to get through the churning stomach acids, and that's where our food gets broken down. So if you swallow a collagen powder or a liquid, it simply gets broken down into its component amino acid parts. So it's broken down in a very similar way to any protein that we eat. And the reason that Ingenious Beauty's collagen is so very different is that they've encapsulated it in a patented plant-based capsule, which is able to withstand the seriously heavy-duty stomach acids, and it passes through into the small intestine intact, provided you have it on an empty stomach. Then when it gets into the small intestine, it can release its cargo of collagen goodness directly. And then it's quickly absorbed into the body where it can be used to help improve the skin, hair, nails, joints, muscles, and all of this. Lots to say about that. Much more, in fact, than there is time for here. But just to say that I have become a big fan of this particular formulation. It also contains two other really interesting ingredients. One is hyaluronic acid and the other is astaxanthin. More on this another day. But do take a look at our discussion if it's of interest. You'll find it on my Instagram feed where we uh, recorded that on Monday. Also on the Lizard Wellbeing Facebook page. If you are a Facebook fan, that is on the same day on Monday. And it's also now loaded up to our YouTube channel. And if you want to try it, then the guys at Ingenious Beauty have given us a 15% discount because it's not the cheapest supplement in the world. But believe me, looking at the data and the clinical trials, and I've spoken independently to um, a great professor who works on the team looking at their claims as well as their clinical research scientists. And I did quite a lot of research actually into their backstory. And I am impressed, certainly much more so than any other collagen supplement, which by the looks of it may not be working. So if you want to try Ingenious Beauty, if that's what floats your boat, you can get 15% off with the Liz Loves discount. Don't forget that special code Liz Loves. And that is all in capitals, all one word, Liz loves. Well, don't forget talking about YouTube that you should be subscribing to this channel if you would like more content like this, because we are always uploading new videos and discussions, recipes, beauty ideas all the time here. So if you click the subscribe button on YouTube, it's a really easy and surefire way to make sure that you don't miss out on anything. I would hate that. And of course, you can always check out the website. That's lizardwellbeing.com there you will find a lot more on food, fitness, menopause matters, gut health, and you can also sign up for the free weekly newsletter that comes from my team and me every Friday. Lots to say this week, actually, because I was back on ITVs this morning with Holly and Phil. That was on Tuesday. I was talking about homemade hay fever remedies. 
very interesting. Some of the things that can help, I was talking about holy basil, quercetin, reishi mushrooms. You'll find the articles relating to these on my wellbeing website. And if you're around this bank holiday Monday, for those who are listening in real time, I will be back on air over on that program with Phil and Rochelle on this morning. And that will be on Monday morning, talking all about the benefits of matcha tea. Yeah, it's all go here, I tell you. So until then, have a great week ahead. Enjoy the long bank holiday weekend break for those listening here in the UK. And until the next time we chat, go well. Bye-bye. everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAS10. That's S-O-L D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off.